Hey everyone and welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King NFL Podcast. I'm Jim, sitting to my left is Denver Dave and we're here to talk about the NFL. Hey Dave. Hey, how you doing? I'm very good mate, I'm sure you're pretty happy as well. Not not entirely. But... <laughs> I was talking about more, you know, the real games and your Broncos winning. No. Not happy about the Broncos winning. Broncos lost. Oh, they lost. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> How artless of me. And it's a theme that will be repeated many times this season. I'm sure. <laughs> so, yeah, week one is done, guys. And, uh, yeah, we're here to break down all of the games. Um, before we get into that, though, a bit of housekeeping. So, as regular listeners will know, we've been umming and ahhing a long time for a change in the name, as we don't really have a king here anymore in the building. Um, I mean, speak for yourself. Well... <laughs> Well, I can't be the king because I'm the gym. So, and you'll never be the gym. So, well, are you saying that like it's a bad? Thing? <laughs> uh, we've had some ideas, and we've actually launched a new Twitter handle at NFL Fan Support. So, the idea is going forwards: if you have any problems with your team or have any questions, to write in a bit like an agony aunt, send in your your questions, and uh, we'll look to answer them on air. Um, Low-key, we've been doing this for about five years now, so what you don't know is we've actually been building up quite a network of um, contacts with NFL players, coaches, yeah, owners. Again, speak for yourself. <laughs> well, you know that, Dave, but the listeners don't know how far our tendrils have got into the NFL uh, inner circle. So um, we sent that out, and we've had a lot of responses for this first weekend's games, Dave. So I'll be reading out some of the emails that we've been getting, and uh, yeah, we'll break down the games. Anything you want to add before we get going? Nope. We will eventually be changing the website and everything else to be NFL Fan Support Podcast. Uh, but until then, the legal team are still wrangling with the uh, the naming rights. So we're on that at the moment, but yeah, just got to wait a little while. Okay, so let's get on with the uh, the emails that we've got coming. Uh, the first one was from a guy called Bill O'B. And it says, uh, Dear NFL Fan Support, I traded my best receiver for a second round pick and a beat up running back. How can I stop fans saying mean things about me? I mean, that's rough. Yeah, well, it is rough, but, you know, what can we do for him? Well, I think if you look at what the Texans actually bought, I thought the Texans were a little bit more competitive at the, on Thursday night than, than I thought they were going to be. I mean, as it will be proven later on, my picks were terribly bad this week. But <laughs> you picked the Chiefs at least. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's one of the things I got right. Um, but, no, I think the, the Texans did okay. I don't think they were brilliant, but they were coming up against the best offense in the league. And their defense is, the Texans' defense is their weak point. Um, once you get past the defensive line, their star in the backfield is Bradley Roby. Mm-hmm. Now, you could argue that it's his, it is uh, Bill O'Brien's fault by the fact he's let defensive stars go. Um, like Honey Badger, for example. AJ Boyer. AJ Boyer. No, yes. Well, that was a while <laughs> back, though. Still let him go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and to be fair, he's on somewhat of a bounce back year after a terrible year last mm-hmm. year. But so he has somewhat made um, a rod for his own back. But at the same time, they're playing the they're playing the Chiefs, so everyone just needs to calm your jets a little bit. You know, they're playing one of the best teams in the league. They also got them mad by scoring first, and that's what you don't do against Kansas City. You know? Yeah. So yeah, seven nothing after the first quarter. KC rips off seventeen points in the second quarter. Uh, never really got close after that. Um, great game for Clyde Edwards-Hiller in his debut. Did one hundred thirty-eight rushing yards. Um, scored a touchdown as well. I actually had a bet on him to score two touchdowns and 150 plus yards. So, 
Damn it, Clyde. You didn't do as well as I hoped you'd do. Well done, Clyde. Well done. <laughs> uh, three touchdowns for Mahomes, only one for Deshaun, and an interception by Lajarius Sneed, the other rookie for the Chiefs that were starting. Yeah. So, yeah, great, great game for them. And Chris Jones got one and a half sacks. Uh, I, thought, I thought the defensive line for the uh, I thought the defensive line for Kansas really dominated. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started so I put a tweet out saying Chris Fulton was looking because he was one of the guys who we thought was really going to be um, really going to be key for Texas. So he's starting at right guard and he started really well, um, but pretty soon afterwards he was getting beat on the inside and the outside. He was getting beat every single way, and there's a couple of points where he actually got pushed backwards. Um, yeah. as in his feet stayed where they were and he got pushed onto his ass, um, which is never a good sign um, but overall I mean Kansas it wasn't the Kansas that we're used to seeing really we used to seeing throwing bombs I mean I think Mahomes only threw two two passes over 20 yards I think it was I saw yeah it was only averaging 6.6 yards a throw yeah and that's not what we're used to seeing I mean no. they it was kind of like um, the Chiefs said okay it's a long season we want you to be fit all season so there's no point in you running around taking hits let's just pound the run which they certainly did um, let's hit slants and let's just do let's be surgical almost and that's exactly what happened I mean it was also what what was interesting is we, we saw um, the league's most penalised left tackle continue that form um, in Laramie <laughs> Tunsil um, do you know when Kansas's first penalty was in the game was it the third quarter or something? It was, it was, it was two late. minutes into the third quarter. Yeah. I mean, that reminds you of a Belichick team. You just don't concede penalties. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was kind of like that all the way through the game. You were watching one team which are massively talented but a bit wild in the Texans. And then Kansas who were who essentially just dominating the ball. By the time it got to the end of the game, so when the Texans won an hour ahead in 2019, they had almost double the time in possession. Now, they had more time in possession this time, but most of it was in garbage time, and Kansas were just happy to let them have the ball. I mean, at one point, there was a um, towards the end of the game, there was a drive which lasted about nine minutes, and you see Kansas <laughs> going, it's fine. Fine, yeah. You're, you're going so slowly, you're yeah, not scoring. No issue with this, you have no run game. But I was, David Johnson... 77 yards and a touchdown. It wasn't as bad yes, as I thought it might be. He looked be. sharp. Yeah. Just one thing we didn't see last season when he was playing for the cards was him, the little junk movement, what he does. And anyone who watches him knows mm. exactly what we're talking about. Runs forward extremely quickly, stops on a dime, nice little step sideways and runs through a gap. And we didn't see that at all last year. No. This this game, we saw it a few times. So the, there are positives, but it was a bad week to play Kansas, especially when... Um, the cards did what they did um, with a Hopkins assist. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll come on to that. Good game but, for Will Fuller, though. 112 yards on eight receptions. He has to. Stay he has there. to stay he- healthy. Yeah, and it, the odds aren't good on Will Fuller staying healthy. So, oh no! If you're going to go anyway, you have to pitch it on the side of him getting injured. In response to the email, then, so we're just saying to Bill, it was week one, and you know you just have to deal with people throwing stuff at you when you make these kind of moves. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much the the elephant in the room though is the uh, the protest. So the first football game, and uh, we saw Kansas fans. So there was very few um, very few fixtures that contained fans. I think there was seventeen thousand Kansas fans who yeah. decided it would be. Uh, some of them decided it would be a good idea to boo the um, uh, what was it the unity the unity show. standing what they did and decided to boo, which um, wasn't really addressed by anyone which it's been so long I've kind of forgotten about that Dave yeah no I didn't 
No, you didn't. No, but... absolutely not. It was just a bit of a disgrace, if I'm perfectly honest. It no, was I... unnecessary. Okay, I completely And then agree... follow it up with a tomahawk chop as well, which there's a lot of controversy surrounding. <laughs> this could go on. We could talk at least half an hour on this subject. I don't want to. to. I don't want to. to. But I'll just say, whenever you do anything in public, there are always going to be some people that make noise. There are people that make noise at football grounds at the moment silence for like national heroes. Yeah. You know, so you're always going to get idiots. But from what I saw from the footage, though, it wasn't as bad as some people made out. The vast majority of people were observing what was going on. It was only a very short... um, The thing is, it's easy easy to say it's it's a low amount of people. It was audible. That's the main thing. Um, like I, don't I said, know, you, I don't know how many people, idiots. but we don't know how many people it was. It was just unnecessary that it happened, and it was just a bit of a disappointment. It's not an indictment on the Chiefs. That's not me no. slagging off the Chiefs. Every family is slagging off is idiots. idiots. Oh yeah, I mean, to anyone who's been to any kind of sporting event knows there's always morons. Even at Wimbledon, hmm. there's morons. Yeah. We went to show jumping once, and there was morons there. I mean, I can tell you about that off air, but it was <laughs> ridiculous. Let's move on to the next message. Then we got a message from Jet Fueler sixty seven. Uh, to NFL fan support I bet on Sam Darnold to score four touchdowns and throw over 400 yards after listening to Dave the Dave last week when's Dave going to refund my money? Uh, never <laughs> <laughs> Dave what happened here with Sam Darnold mate because the Jets went to Buffalo and lost 17 points to 27 yeah um, Darnold had one touchdown one interception Josh Allen had two touchdowns uh, throwing and one rush- <laughs> rushing touchdown um, Jameson Crowder had in the right game though the Jets. Yeah, I mean, 115 yards of the touchdown. With the Jets, I mean, the Jets have done nothing to address their offensive line. Literally nothing. Well, their first round pick. Okay, was but, a, and as I've said a million times, it takes a while for a first for any offensive lineman to adapt to the NFL. It takes, mm-hmm. I mean, we look at Andrew Thomas with the Giants again. Probably more on that later. Um, look at the Broncos with Garrett Bowles. I mean, we're still waiting. It's been three, <laughs> three or four years. Give it up, man. But they haven't done anything to actually address the offensive line. They really haven't done much. Um, they don't have a tight end who can come in and help. They don't have a quantifiable fullback who's going to come in and help. But if you looked at um, Sam Donald last last week, he was getting hit very quickly. And he was getting pressured very quickly. And he was having to throw it away. Mm-hmm. They also, and this is a big thing, they have to improve the rush. Their rush game last season was garbage. I think their longest run last season out of the entire season was 24 yards. That was their longest rush. Yeah. Guess what it was this week? Eight. That was their longest rush. Yeah, Frank Gore. Eight, exactly. And they've lost Le'Veon Bell. He's injured, isn't he? He's gone on to IR. For for three weeks. Well, that's what they say at the moment. Yeah. But they have to start winning the line of scrimmage. Or forget about it, because you you can't just rely on a quarterback to escape. Mm-hmm. Donald isn't Murray. He's not someone who's going to constantly be running around trying to um, create yards. You have to give him some help. And it was it was a concern for the Bills a couple of years ago. And the, I mean, well, last season, really. And they, they brought in some help with uh, fullbacks and tight ends as well. Um, and, you know, we've seen... Allen having to run around like an idiot. I mean, I mean, we saw him. Was it two fumbles? He did a fumble in the first quarter, a fumble in the second. He lost quarter. two fumbles, yeah. Um, and both were denied scores in the red zone. So, it, there were concerns for both teams, but ultimately the Bills are just a better team, and they only won by ten points. Well, it was twenty-one-three at half time yeah. for the Bills, so it was always a bit of tough sledding to get back from that. Uh, yeah, apart from Jameson Crowder, you had Chris Herndon with the second best receiving for the Jets. Six receptions for 37 yards. Um, Stefan Diggs was the big pickup for the Bills. He had eight catches for 86 yards, no touchdowns. It was actually John Brown 
who had the better game, 70 yards and a touchdown uh, on six receptions for the Bills. Yeah, I'm a big fan of John Brown. I think he's great. Matt Milano got an interception for the Bills. Tyler Bass, their kicker, only kicked two or four field goals, which there was a lot of missed kicks <laughs> this first There's weekend. A lot, of missed, a lot kicks. of missed kicks. Just like I mentioned, Tyler Bass was uh, didn't escape that. Yeah. Marcus May got two sacks, though, for the Jets, so... There's some promising stuff. Obviously, they lost Jamal Adams, nope. lost Robbie Anderson. It was a similar thing with the Jets last season. So they've had problems in previous years with um, Stephen Hauschka, I think it was. I mean, it's, it's not easy to kick in Buffalo. It's no. Really, outdoors in Buffalo is probably the hardest place to kick. It really is. Um, and exactly the same thing happened this year. So it, it's obviously it's something to do with being in Buffalo. It just can't be easy. So they had, there is a reason for it, and the Bills have to sort that out because you're leaving points on the floor, which they can't afford to do in that division especially. Let's move on. Let's move on. We've got a message here from uh, BearsFan85. Dear NFL fan support, Mitch Trubisky wasn't terrible on Sunday. That means he's great, right? Panic over, yes? Bear down. Um, <laughs> okay, yes. He They did win a game. 27 points to 23 at Detroit. Um, three, three touchdowns for Trubisky. No interceptions. That's always good. But he didn't have a great game. I mean, it's 21 points in the fourth quarter to come back in this game for the Bears. Yeah. So, and they've had some problems after the game with Alan Robinson. Uh, he had 74 yards on the game, but since that, it's been kind of a will he, won't he trade me away from the Bears or if you don't give me a new contract situation, which last time I checked, um, he's very happy with being the Bears because they're sorting out a new contract for him but he kind of deleted all Bears social links and it's amazing how people throw their, like throw their toys at the pram and then as soon as they get a new contract they're heavily committed to the team so it's yeah you love that loyalty nothing though <laughs> but yeah I don't, I don't know Dave I, I can't agree with uh, Bears fan 85 that Mitch Trubisky's great he has an inability to get off his first read just spends so long and isn't he can't throw left as well I think that's the <laughs> I mean, the it's Zoolander it's not great curse. at throwing right let's be honest <laughs> it's not great at throwing I mean, right but he can't throw left so yes he was the only quarterback to throw three touchdowns in the fourth quarter this week mm. um, but at the same time if DeAndre Swift hadn't dropped that catch at the end and I'm sorry it was a drop which I, oh, I, know yeah. he's a, I know he's a running back but I don't care it was a drop mm-hmm. I look at I mean at that point they lose the game and one of the things that will be mentioned is the fact that the Bears were 2-11 and 11 on third down. I mean, that's it's not good in anyone's book. Um, the body language of the Bears' defense in the second half was really concerning as well because that's a team that is absolutely stacked with talent. Um, and something looks as though it's going down because they were sort of missing in action last year. And this year, it very much seems almost that they're going to be continuing that trade. There wasn't a huge amount there. Um, in terms of playmakers for the Bears. Trubisky uh, is not the answer, we know that. Um, I don't care if he comes out and is the first NFL quarterback to score eight touchdowns in a game. It makes no difference to me, he's still not the answer. <laughs> yeah. um, the problem is you've got Nick Foles, who's probably still getting used to the system sitting on the bench. Foles will come in at some point in the system, it will happen mm-hmm. at some point in this season, and it's just a matter of when. So Trubisky getting three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and beating the Lions, great, it makes no difference. The inevitable is still going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Mm. The Bears aren't all that on offense. Defense, brilliant. But, again, we're not seeing the production right now. Yeah. For the Lions, it was... 
a case of close, but like I said, no cigar. DeAndre Swift had a chance to win the game for them. Daniel Mandola is still their most productive receiver. And then TJ Hawkinson got uh, one touchdown for them. Marvin Jones, 55 yards. I like their receiving core, though. I mean, Marvin Jones, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of. Um, and as, as you mentioned, Hawkinson, when he actually plays, looks dangerous. And they're a completely different team when they've got Matt Stafford there rather than um, Jeff Driscoll or... Oh, David Blau. I can't remember who it was. Blau, Blunt, yeah, him. Um, so you remember a, JDTD and I remember David well, Yeah, he's, Blau. A, he's our backup. He's the backup quarterback in Denver right now. Well, no wonder you remember him then. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it was a game between two teams. I, I think I went for the bit, uh, went for the Lions in the picks. Yeah, um, I think Lou went for the Lions as well. And again, you're one catch away from it being a win for the Lions. It mm-hmm. was, it was two teams that were probably as good as each other, um, and it came down to one moment that decided the game. And in, in answer to the question, no, Trubisky is not <laughs> the answer. <laughs> so panic shouldn't be over. No, we got a message from C Wentz. Dear NFL fan support, did I get sacked? <laughs> did I get sacked six times or ten on Sunday? I lost count. So I guess we're going to talk about the Eagles and football team. Yeah. So, Mr. Wentz, in answer to your question, it was eight times. Actually, yeah, you were wrong. You were wrong both counts there. It was somewhere eight. in the middle. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. If you've seen double, then yeah. uh, you're right in the middle of those those two numbers. Eight sacks for Washington, two for Ryan Kerrigan, one and a half for Chase Young on his debut, uh, one and a half for Matt Ioannidis. One for John Bostick and Montez Sweat, and 0.5 for Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. So, after a good start for Philly, they were 17 nothing up. They then stopped scoring and allowed the Washington football team to get back into the game. Um, Carson Wentz lost a fumble. Dwayne Haskins got better as the game went on after a bit of a rough start. And, again, well, what are we going to put this down to? Are we just going to put it down to the Eagles kind of capitulating? How much can we put on the, the Washington overall, the, the offense? And the think, defense obviously turned up. Well, first of all, uh, well done, Washington. I mean, one yeah. of the things that you and I have been saying for a while is forget what you're reading in, in the press and everything like that. Mm-hmm. The Washington defense has talent, real talent. One or two holes as well, but has real talent. Um, the Eagles offensive line... I think the thing that was surprising was that it was almost like Wentz knew the offensive line wasn't much good mm-hmm. because he was dropping back so far. There's one point he dropped back 18 yards on third down and took a sack. And that he wasn't running away. He dropped back 18 yards. You don't do that if you're confident in your offensive line. No. We saw in the Steelers game. I mean, Roethlisberger was dropping back three yards at times was taking the snap and not moving because he was confident in his offensive line mm-hmm. so that's what makes me because you want to write it off and say okay it's one game whatever they're one of the teams that could possibly push the Steelers in having a number one overall in terms of their pass rush but I think what was what is surprising is when you're you want to just write that off and just say right well, it is what it is but when you've got Wentz essentially running which you know we've seen a number of times with him now um, he can't continue to take those number of hits. I mean, the good news for Eagles fans is that pretty soon they're going to get to see if Jalen Hurts is any good. <laughs> because if he continues with his injury record taking these kinds of hits, it won't be long before he's out. Mm. Um, there was a couple of good points with uh, the Eagles. Um, statistically, they had um, a pretty good game on defense. I mean, in terms of number of yards, they got, they've got the best record in the NFL in terms of number of yards conceded. Mm. I mean, it ended... There was a there was a lot of short gains basically from um, 
from Washington, but they did exactly what they needed to do. Um, Jalen Rieger, we know that the Eagles have struggled with wide receivers in recent years, and Jalen Rieger looked pretty good as well. A couple of good movements. And one catch, though, 55 yards. Why yeah, didn't they was, target him more? In terms of a lot like, of movement. They kept four times. There but... Was, but there was a couple of, mo- a couple of uh, I think there was a touchdown for um, Ertz and uh, Dallas Goddard, and both mm-hmm. of them were made by Riga. Riga did a 55-yard catch and then got double-teamed for about the next six plays. <laughs> and that created space for everyone else. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a massive concern that uh, the Eagles let such a lead go. But at the same time, um, you know, they, they lost to a good, uh, what seemingly a good Washington team. Ooh. But it'll be interesting to see what the Eagles are going to look like in the in the coming games, and even more interesting to see what Washington are going to look like. Yeah, everyone's talking about the Eagles, but yeah, let's keep going uh, on that Washington team. Let's also not forget that Washington are garbage on the offensive side of the ball. <laughs> That's outrageous. Well, I, I'm not I'm not a fan of Haskins, um, to be perfectly honest, but I'm willing to be swayed. No interceptions. It doesn't Got matter. I'm, still, I'm willing to be swayed. Better rating than Carson Wentz. Um, that's not a hard one he's two, spending most of the time on two rushing back. touchdowns for Peyton Barber so that's good for him yeah. uh, Terry McLaurin 61 yards uh, Logan Thomas got a touchdown two interceptions for the the football team um, <laughs> Jimmy Moreland and Fabian Moreau uh, picked off Wentz uh, both kickers missed a field goal yep. as well okay that, that is a trend that will continue throughout the day <laughs> uh, next up okay so we've got one message here from Jordan Love 10 Hey NFL fan support, my agent told me that I was a great QB that would walk into a starting lineup. What do I got to do to beat out my guy in my seat? Um, so let's look at the uh, the Green Bay Packers. They won forty three points to thirty four in Minnesota. Aaron Rodgers um, threw three hundred sixty four yards and four touchdowns, no interceptions, a QBR of ninety three, overall rating of one twenty seven point five. This was vintage Rodgers. This was. A kind of, uh, I know they got to the, the championship game last year, but this was really a callback to when they were putting the team on Rogers' back rather than Aaron Jones's back. Um, Devontae Adams had 14 catches on 17 targets for 156 yards and two touchdowns. Marcus Valdez Scantling, four catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. Even Alan Lazard had 63 yards and a touchdown. So he was spraying the ball about. Uh, Aaron Jones had a good game, 61 yards and a rushing touchdown but wasn't as necessary as he was last year. No, he also had an uh, obvious touchdown denied as well. He did. I know that because he's in my fantasy team. <laughs> he is. Momentarily, so that's a celebration <laughs> from me. I think this was, a, this was a game where we saw the old version of Rodgers because he was put under zero pressure. Mm. I mean, at no point, and I've watched this game back, a no lot sacks. of this game. No sacks. I mean, very few pressures. He was able to throw the ball with ease and with massive amounts of time. Mm-hmm. It was a great game to watch. This was the game of the week without any shadow of a doubt. It was just score, score, score. And it's a young secondary for the Vikings. And they came up against, on his day, potentially one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC. (laughs) Change at the last minute there. Do you get that? Just change at the last minute. Oh, no, I love how you just moved that. Yes, yeah, thank you for moving that goalpost. It's all right, it's all right. <laughs> I could see you just, <laughs> just screaming to get rid of it. No, it was, it was a great game. And, and again, we've seen the Vikings do this. The Vikings just have suck days. Mm. They, they just do. Um, and this is the most amount of points that have been conceded by the Vikings whilst under Mike Zimmer. Um, now, there's a few... I've been watching sort of a few... 
sort of fan uh, fan Meltdowns. sites and things like that. And the Vikings fans have been very, very vocal about this because uh, Mike Zimmer is not popular in Minnesota at all. Okay. Um, for numerous reasons, and um, yeah, I mean, you've you've essentially got torched by a better quarterback. Um, in terms of Jordan Love, until he plays an NFL game, we don't know. Um, the problem that we've seen previously is that Packers quarterbacks are really set up to lose. So a couple of years ago, they took Deshaun Watson from the Browns. Um, Sean Kaiser. Deshaun Kaiser, not Deshaun Watson. Deshaun <laughs> Kaiser. Uh, they took him from the Browns and they put him in. Um, I, th- I think he took over from Brett Huntley. Yeah. Um, and they put him in, and in the last game of the season, against at Lambeau Field against the Lions, he lost 31-0. And he was swiftly moved on to the cards, I believe. So it's one of those things where it's very, very difficult for a backup quarterback to come in. He just needs to sit. My yeah. my advice to him is, don't listen to your agent. <laughs> yeah. Um, sack your agent and uh, just basically prove that you are at least good enough to be a backup because you are at some point in your NFL career gonna get gonna get a chance. I mean if Paxton, Someone's gonna give you a chance. If Paxton Lynch gets multiple chances, he'll get a chance <laughs> without any shadow of a doubt. It wasn't a terrible game for the Vikings offense though. No, I mean, he scored thirty four points. Kirk Cousins had a good stat line. Yeah. You know, nineteen of twenty five completions for two hundred and fifty nine yards, two touchdowns, just one interception, uh, a rating of hundred and eighteen point six. Dalvin Cook had 50 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Adam Thielen, 110 yards and two touchdowns in the air. You know, it wasn't a terrible game on offense for the, no. the Vikings. They just got outscored. We've seen this a number of times from the Vikings, where they'll go out on the score a lot, but they'll just uh, they'll they'll leave points on the floor from um, a defensive perspective. Their pass rush is a big thing because obviously Emerson Griffiths has gone, and their pass rush just seemed a little bit. Lacks. There's nothing there almost. I mean, the amount of time that Rogers had was insane. I mean, there's one. There was a particular play that I saw on um, Good Morning Football, and they put up a little stopwatch next to it, and he had 12 seconds before he threw the ball. Yeah, 12, I've never seen. A quarterback a pretty good have, I've never seen a quarterback have 12 seconds. I mean, I, I'll be honest. There were seven men on the offensive line. There was two, uh, two tight two ends. Tight ends yeah. But at the same time, 12 seconds to throw the ball. I mean, it's probably incomplete. I can't remember what happened on the play. It wasn't a memorable play, but it just goes to show: are they getting? Are they so scared of getting torched over the top because of the young cornerbacks? I don't know. It's just, mm. It just seems a bit weird. And the final score in that game was forty-three thirty-four. Yeah. So uh, next question is from Jackson Deville Lover. <laughs> Yo, NFL fan support. I used to think that my guy Blake Bortles was the MVP, but Gardner's the MVP for reals. What? What? Super Bowl fifty-five. Um, well, it's, it might not be wrong. Hundred percent right. I've, I've looked on Bet Three Six Five, and the Jags are now favourites for the for the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he had a very good game. I mean, nineteen of twenty passes completed, ninety five percent. He's the only quarterback in NFL history to throw more than fifteen passes mm-hmm. on Week One with a ninety five percent success rate. Crazy. One hundred seventy three yards, three yeah. touchdowns, no interceptions, a rating of one hundred forty two point three. Yeah. Doesn't get much better than that. It doesn't. I mean, that wasn't the highest this week, though, in terms of rating. Interestingly, no, that was Lamar Jackson. Yeah. But. And they they won the game twenty seven points to twenty at home against the Colts. Yeah, Gardner's been doing a lot of work on the off season. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the videos that he's been posting up, but he has Some. been working out. He obviously appreciates the fact the fact that he's a starter in the league. 
you must have appreciated the fact that the Jags, despite having double-digit draft picks, did not pick up a quarterback to to challenge him. Well, I mean, at that, that point of the draft, though, they still had Nick Foles. Yeah, but they've so, moved him on. So. Yeah, <laughs> and they've moved on Josh Dobbs. So. At that point, though, they they still had Nick Foles was still. Um, a Jags player when the draft was happening it wasn't until afterwards he got moved on yeah, I think there might be some mutterings that he, uh, he oh, was no, on the way absolutely out, no doubt <laughs> but again we, we're trying to apply logic to Dave Caldwell let's move on from there but this is a guy that's maximising his chance 100%. and he was also the second best rusher for the Jags so he did five <laughs> rushes for 19 yards James Robinson 16 carries for 62 yards picking up and probably doing better than Fournette usually does in yep. the stat line for the Jags. Well, Chris Thompson was expected to be the um, the, the main running back. The ex-football team player. Yes. Um, and he was expected to be. He didn't really feature all that much, if I'm honest. No. Well, he's it, behind Minshew on the rushing, so... <laughs> well, this so this this game really felt like the tale of two quarterbacks. Mm. Um, I believe that's a Charles Dickens novel. Yeah, he wrote about that. Yeah, absolutely. And what we saw on one side of the ball was, as, as you've said, um, extreme proficiency. Mm-hmm. Com- completely efficient. This guy's a hybrid, can run, can move, make plays when he needs to. And it was the amount of times when he was playing play action and played play action perfectly. So anyone who doesn't know, very quick sort of example of that is where you go to hand the ball off and you hold it off for as long as possible until you decide whether or not you want to throw it or whether you just hand the ball. So you just hand it off, have a look. It's normally seasoned pros after three or four years. I mean, the person who does it best out of everyone is Ben Roethlisberger. He does it brilliantly. He'll have a look at an offense, uh, a defense, decide what they're going to do, and then hand it off based on the movement that he sees. And Minshew did that brilliantly this weekend. I mean, that led to the 95% pass ratio. Mm -hmm. On the other side of the ball, you had Philip Rivers. And... You, yeah, you have said on numerous occasions that Rivers is going to be the problem for the Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, it's only week one, by the way. I'm yeah, not, yeah. I'm not was, popping the was, champagne just I was yet. Just about to say, using this reduced sample size, you are one hundred percent correct, and it pains me to say that. Um, he was the problem. You think he'd be used his, it by now. He was the problem with his Colts team. The amount of times he was checking down when he didn't need to. There was a couple of um, examples where that, that were shown um, on uh, one of the breakdown shows afterwards, mm-hmm. um, and he checked the ball down uh, for an incompletion or throw it through it out, and there was three plays open, including one of his tight ends. Three plays open. Jack Doyle, if Jack Doyle stood on a landmine, it would have only got him. He was that <laughs> open. It was ridiculous. Um, he was given massive amounts of time on the offensive line. Hines had a really good game. Um, Hines had like a huge weapon. Um, he had decent yards. But it just seemed a bit like... It just felt a bit like they were being held back by the quarterback rather than being liberated by him, which is what you hope when you get... Um, the home the for an upgrade from... Yeah. Jacoby Brissett. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Hines had a receiving touchdown and 45 yards and 28 yards on the ground with a touchdown. So, yeah, two touchdowns overall for Naheem Hines. Paris Campbell had the best receiving day for the Colts, 71 yards. Jonathan Taylor with 67 yards. Um, Marlon Mack went out with a, I think we've got an ACL injury. Yeah, that's, for the season. That's terrible news for the Colts. It was um, only a couple of years ago he got um, a broken wrist and carried on playing for like six weeks with a broken wrist. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's, he's uh, had massive amounts of injury problems and it looks as though that continues, unfortunately. Yeah. For the Jags, just uh, quickly again, so Keelan Cole had the most uh, yards, 47 yards, 
and a touchdown. It was Touch- spread around a bit. Yeah, though. yeah. Lavisca Chenault got a touchdown on his debut, which is great to see. Yeah. Uh, DJ Chart got a touchdown. Um, two interceptions for the Jags. CJ Henderson, the rookie, great to see on his, uh, his debut, and Andrew Wingard as well got an interception for the Jags. Two sacks for Danico Autry on the Colts side, uh, and Rodrigo Blankenship missed a field goal for yep. the Colts. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. He's uh, not, on, not on his own in that waiting room. No, 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 no. Uh, let's move on to the next uh, message here. So this one, oh, this is from, I think from known this, uh, Mr. Haslam. <laughs> so, hey NFL fan support, I switched all the staff out again after this off-season, bringing another OC with no head coaching experience, yet my team still stinks. This is scandalous. What am I doing wrong? Peace and love, Jimmy H. Uh, well, Mr. Haslam, first of all, you're playing the, the Ravens. Do you want to say what team this is, first of all? Well, it's not the Browns. Yes. For anyone that doesn't know, Jimmy Haslam is the owner for the Browns. Yes. Uh, and they, they walked into a buzzsaw. 38-6 was the final score in Baltimore. Uh, Lamar Jackson had three touchdowns uh, passing, a rating of 152.1. So as you intimated Dave earlier, he had the highest rating yep. of any QB in week one. Um, J.K. Dobbins, in his debut at running back, got two touchdowns. So great to see that. Uh, Willie Sneed caught a touchdown and Mark Andrews caught two as well. I am, I am now officially the president. I have been for some time of the Mark Andrews fan club. <laughs> um, when we did our mock draft the year he was drafted, I remember saying I thought he would go in round one. I think they took Hayden Hurst in round one and him in round three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mark Andrews is, for me, the best tight end, receiving tight end in the league. Um, Kelsey is the best tight end overall, without any shadow of a doubt, but he does more in the blocking game. What about Kittle? Um, Kittle's more of a receiving... Well, you, uh, yeah. I mean, you make argument. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Mark Andrews is good. That's all you need to say. Let's let's not overhype this guy. I think he's so good. (laughs) You're only only mad because he's a Ravens. Lamar still had the the most amount of rushing yards, though. 45 yards on the ground, uh, which is mostly just scrambling. Uh, I don't think it's really design plays. Oh, I think a lot of them are. You think they're design plays? Well, there was one particular play where um, the... Nose tackle was coming through the middle, and two and the left guard and the center, forgetting names, um, for the Ravens basically created a hole by pushing sidewards, um, and you could see just from uh, Jackson taking the snap in the shotgun. Um, as soon as he received it, it was already moment- his momentum was already going forward, so it was a design. I'm sure, play. some plays are designed. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Saying. There are absolutely going to be a lot of design plays. I mean, one of his major weapons is uh, his ability to run, so there are going to be design plays. But again, playing. Um, play action for him isn't something that he really does all that much. Um, it's just a case of if I'm if if my play action is not handing it off to someone who can run, it's deciding whether I run or whether I throw it because he's probably the best running back they've got. Mm-hmm. Um, Marquise Brown just got over 100 yards as well, so on five targets. So just had to mention that. So let's talk about the Browns then. Obviously, <laughs> a lot of talk about Baker Mayfield after the game. Uh, had one touchdown, one interception by Marlon Humphrey. Uh, 21 completions on 39 targets for 189 yards a uh, rating of 65 the thing <clears> is that pick though he, yeah they started with that pick pretty much I think was it on it was the, the first drive, drive yeah. yeah and there was the opportunity for two Ravens players to pick it so if the first guy had got it the second guy would have mm-hmm. and there was no one within the vicinity of it when are we going to admit that he's not the guy we thought he was they're not going. They aren't a team who should base their entire offense around Baker Mayfield. They're just not. They should be a team who run it 
whenever possible. The only time they need to throw the ball is on third down and on second and short. That's the only time they should be running the ball because he's not the guy that they thought they were. Stupid decisions have underlined them as well. I mean, under Freddie Kitchens, they were doing some mad shit that we didn't even we'd never seen before. It was like it's like fourth and sixteen, and they run it. And when they're in the two minute drill, it's like what the they, hell? They had a third doing? and forty one in this game, Dave. Exactly. Well, there's also the fact that they had a fourth and four in their own um, half. Yeah, did a direct a snap. It was a punt, and they faked it. Yeah, and did a direct snap at fourth and four. It's like, what are you lot doing? This is madness. <laughs> For those that don't know, the ball popped out of the punter's hands and uh, was scooped up by the, the defence. Yeah, for an instant red zone opportunity mm-hmm. against one of the best offences in the league. It's insane. So yeah, they committed suicide before before half-time. But then even the running game wasn't working for the, the no. Browns. I mean, Kareem Hunt got 72 yards, and Nick Chubb got 60 yards but lost a fumble. And of course, when you're, you're running back that you're li- relying on is losing fumbles, then all your confidence just drains out. Yeah, I think the worst one obviously must be OBJ. We've got to talk about OBJ. He only had three catches on ten targets. Yeah, for twenty-two yards. I mean, <laughs> he is. You could see it as soon as he left New York. The fact that the Giants fans weren't really that bothered. Some of them obviously yeah. still remember the catch. And I think but, most of the Giants fans who spend time on Instagram and social media were probably very bothered. Mm-hmm. The ones who actually go to the games, not so much. No, because he is an absolute mercenary, a prima yeah. donna, 100%. and people have got bored of his antics on the sideline and the drama that goes with him so Cleveland brings him in and then he demands throws to him which is obviously going to annoy Baker because then he has to keep looking at OBJ even if he's not available they they just don't need him but even when he was targeting him and it was going catchable balls he was dropping these balls so what can you do you can't catch the ball as well as throw it there was one particular catch where they threw it to him and he was standing basically just looking at the ball it was a standard catch and it hit him Mm. on the wrists Mm. he's not even near his hands it's always got to be a spectacular catch for OBJ. He doesn't care about normal know. catches. I don't necessarily know about that. It's just I think he's either trying to do too much, he's snatching at the ball. Um, I don't know. He's, just, he's not the guy that we thought he was. I mean, the one. So when we when we look at the Ravens, so the Ravens basically adjusted their game for the Browns. I mean, the Ravens averaged more rushing yards per game last season, two hundred and seven, than anyone else. This this year, in week one, they had just over a hundred because mm-hmm. they were picking off the Browns. Because they knew their weakness, um, the Browns almost didn't adjust. So the Browns were saying, "You, you, you guys are going to rush. We know you're going to rush. So we're just going to we're going to blitz you all the time." And the Ravens just adjusted their games. The Browns don't seem like they can adjust it. It's like this is what we do. They've just given Garrett a monster contract for a guy who's unhinged. So congratulations on that one. I mean, they're now talking about trading away OBJ. Yeah, they should. They should, yeah. It's it's another new front office there. They've inherited this guy. Okay, so let's say that they trade him. Number one, who's the market? Who's going to want him? And number two, what are you going to get for him? In reality, Uh, what are you going to get? A third rounder for the Patriots. Green Bay would have him. I don't think they would. Mm, I'm really not sure they would. I don't think I can't see him going to Green Bay. That personality with Rogers. I mean, if they if, if he goes to it Green works. Bay, yeah, if he goes to Green Bay, Rogers is out. He is done because <laughs> there's only one ego allowed in that dressing room. Ooh. Okay. Anyway, that's the Browns for you. Just yeah. a stupid decision. Have to do. The only, the only thing consistent about the Browns is their inconsistency. Yeah. I mean, let's let's look at the let's look at it on a positive note for the Browns. So, Mister Haslam, don't worry. You were going against, in my opinion, the best team in the AFC, and Chiefs. therefore, and therefore Chiefs. the NFL. 
and <laughs> you were going against the best team, and they had months to prepare for you. So <laughs> you think they spent months worrying about the Browns? No, in terms of preparing their game plan for games. Mm. So yes, absolutely. And the Ravens are the best record-wise. They are in the harbour. They're the best team record-wise in Week One. They, <laughs> so is, when they've got time, that? when they've got time to prepare, mm. uh, I mean, <laughs> they've got months to prepare. Yeah, they they're great. I mean, they just need about a three-month <laughs> break. Dave? They need about a three-month break for the playoffs. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the Browns lost to the best team in the NFL. Basically, um, don't be too disheartened by it. Mm-hmm. You've got a, a chance to bounce back on Thursday night football this week, um, and they need to basically. They need to prove that they're good enough. There's going to be a lot of questions asked in that Browns dressing room. I'm not sure if a win on Thursday night is going to really prove to the doubters wrong. No, but it's that, certainly but... going to help. <laughs> well, you say so. Uh, let's move on to another question it then. Can't possibly hurt. <laughs> <laughs> this was part of a group chat by uh, Brady and Burrow. It says, to the lesser beings NFL fan support, I just rolled up to a new team, but no one's as good as me. Why can't any of my teammates play as good as me? So I think we're going to have to hit two games at once here then, Dave. So that was, uh, well, first of all, the Bucks and the Saints. It all started so well for Tom Brady. Throwing passes, spraying the ball around, getting a touchdown. Um, and then the, the Saints scored 17 points before halftime. What, what are we thinking here? It's similar to the last game. The, the Saints are just a better team. Um, but they weren't great. No, but they, they weren't still, great. They still won, and they still won by eleven points. I think. Yeah, it's thirty-four to twenty-three in the end. Yeah, it, it was all over by the fourth quarter. Yeah, Tristan Wirfs is first-round pick for the Bucks, mm-hmm. and Cam Jordan just had his way with him. Um, yeah, fresh it, meat. Yeah, it, it, if you're Cam Jordan, if if you're any kind of um, defensive end who's got knowledge of the NFL the one thing you want to be doing especially on a uh, a season where there's been no preseason and very little reps he's go up against a rookie tackle I mean he is one of the, the premier defensive ends in the NFL yes. Cam Jordan he has been for a long time now absolutely uh, let's just look at the stats so Brady finished at 239 passing yards two touchdowns two interceptions they were by Janoris Jenkins uh, who scored a pick six and Marcus Williams as well uh he ended up with a rating of 78.4. It's Brady. Uh, also did nine rushing yards in the touchdown. So that's odd to watch Tom Brady running <laughs> for a score, but there we go. Uh, Drew Brees on the other side, 160 yards only, two touchdowns, no interceptions, rating of 96.5. Jared Cook had the most yards of 80 uh, receiving. Alvin Kamara scored a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Ended up with just over 67 yards, I think it was. Um, Emmanuel Sanders caught a touchdown on his debut as well for the Saints. On the other side, Chris Godwin, 79 receiving yards. Uh, Scotty Miller, 73 yards. OJ Howard, 36 yards and a touchdown. Mike Evans got two yards on one target and a touchdown. But it was fairly uninspiring stuff, Dave, as far as I could see. Yeah. For, both, mean... for both teams. I mean, Michael Thomas is injured after this game. He only got 17 yards on the game. He had to come out. Yeah. But... Like I said in the preview for the season, there ain't much when you look past Michael Thomas in terms of targets for Drew Brees, who's no. getting noodle arm anyway. <laughs> uh, it was good that Alvin Kamara's refreshed from his new contract and was able to to run in a score and catch one as well. But I, I'm not I'm not high on the Saints this year. No, I think the Saints have got some real high caliber players, but the the guys that are filling behind them and there's questions that need asking. Um, I was particularly impressed with the Tampa defensive line. 
Um, I mean, they did very, very good last year, very well. Mm. I mean, Shaq Barrett came in. I'm a massive fan of Shaq Barrett anyway. You are, yeah. Um, and, th- I mean, a lot of the time, the Tampa defensive line were overloading with blitzers, but they were showing um, deep coverage, uh, which I have found... Cause, uh, we, all, we all know that Brady likes his tight ends to be there in coverage. And uh, as soon as it looked as though the Titans were going to go out to be uh, to be a receiver, um, the first thing that happened was uh, the outside linebackers were rushing straight in. It was kind of like a signal of they're going deep. Okay, let let um, a nickel package cover them, and we're going to rush the quarterback. He was um, sacked three times in this game. Yeah, he normally doesn't get touched. No, not in the season. No. Um, the other thing that really sort of surprised me a little bit. You know, Brady's used to being in New England where penalties just don't happen. No. You know, his team, both teams got over 100 yards in penalties in this game. I mean, that's rough. When was when have you ever seen that at the Patriots? It doesn't happen. So he has to adapt to this. It's quite simply, he has to adapt to this is his new reality. We've all done it, <laughs> but we've gone into a new job thinking it's one thing, but it's not. It's something else. We've all done it. You think this is hubris, do you? You just got to shut up and put up. That's all you got to do. <laughs> but on the positive side, in so the last three times he's lost, uh, Brady's lost in week one. He's gone on to play in the Super Bowl. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> silver linings. Yeah. All right. Ryan suck up Mr. Field goal for the uh, the Bucks. The other game then that was referred to there was uh, Joe Burrow. Yeah. In his debut for the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, they lost. 16 points to 13 again at home to the LA Chargers. Yeah. Uh, Does start with Randy Bullock missing a last second field goal to tie the game. It was a chip shot and he uh, yeah, but like, looks like he pulled a hammy at the same destroyed time. Destroyed his leg. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd say I'd hurt my leg if I'd missed a chip shot field goal yeah. to uh, tie the game. Maybe. Um, yeah. Joe Burrow's stats then, 36 uh, attempts, 23 completions, 193 yards. Uh, no touchdowns, one interception, a rating of 66.1. Um, not far off what Tyrod Taylor put up on the other side of the ball. Uh, he did 208 um, passing yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, uh, a rating of 75.4. It was nice to see AJ Green back. He caught five of nine passes, which is typical of AJ Green. Uh, 51 yards. Apart from that, though, I thought when, when you look back at that game, they had a lot more luck if they'd have really pushed Joe Mixon and uh, well, CJ Uzma and let, Tyler Boyd looked okay actually as receivers. I, I would prefer to throw to them. Let's not forget though that Joe Mixon did fumble the ball off a right tackle in his own red zone. <laughs> yeah. Um, and to be fair, this isn't very often we can say this, but the Bengals defense held firm and didn't lose a touchdown. They uh, conceded a field goal with last stand coverage. But yeah. Yeah, I, what this looked like, and I, I agree they should have used Mixon a little bit more. John Ross was particularly good in this game. He was basically running from the line of scrimmage 40 yards every single play to try and create space. Um, mm. Now, anyone who knows anything about John Ross, he's basically a speed star, and that's all you're going to be good for at the moment, mate, I'm afraid. Yeah. He's definitely got to prove himself with uh, his butterfingers. This was basically two terrible teams who were out of sync. Um, we knew it before the game. Yeah, I, I suspected the Chargers might be a little bit better than they were. Um, Kenneth Murray impressed me. I thought he was really good. I liked him in the draft, and he's proven to be uh, to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me, though, of like two guys 
a boxing match between two guys who one guy who's up and coming and you know is crap and one guy who used to be really good and it turns out just to be two fat blokes who are slugging in the car park and have got absolutely no time in um, <laughs> I, I just, don't know who's who in that it, analogy but. well but <laughs> and I've said it the Chargers will either win a load of games by really really small margins or more likely lose a load of games by small margins they looked slow they looked bad apart um, from Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram there wasn't a lot going on with that team no um, and I, yeah, okay, are, Kenneth Murray had a good game at linebacker, but, yeah. um, but he was he was um, he was covering two players at times. I mean, there's one point where there was a nickel on. Um, I can't, I don't know who the nickel corner was, and the nickel corner was basically, but most of the time comes on and stands um, between the two safeties. So you you essentially have another man in another coverage, corner, yeah. or goes out wide uh, and double covers a man. Mm-hmm. And he was screaming at this cornerback, and the cornerback was paying almost no attention to him. And there's no fans in the stadium. It's not as though I mean they're playing on defense. Drowned out and noise. It's not it? as though he got drowned out whatsoever. It's just you know he's. He, is he becoming that leader that they need now with Derwin James is gone? I mean, it's never really that noise in the Bengal Stadium anyway, but yeah, it's never especially that. with no fans. Or the Charger Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, it just looks slow. Tyrod Taylor is, has the lopiest ball you're going to see. I mean, he was throwing hospital passes to Mike Williams, and the one person you don't want to be throwing hospital passes to is Mike Williams, because he'll go to that hospital. Yeah. He will take you up on that offer. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't see how. I mean, there's no way that Tyrod lasts the season, no. which means we're going to see Justin Herbert in which, maybe four weeks' time or something. No, they lose the next. As, they'll lose that. the next few games because they just can't, aren't good. He can't play call. He's not going to be coming in the next four weeks. That's I want to see it happen. No, for entertainment value. <laughs> yeah, I understand why you do. He can't. You can't have a guy who can't play call in the NFL. He's going to have to learn. You can't pick a guy at six. That's, I mean, that's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah. There are there right, are some NFL quarterbacks who can't do that, but you learn in the off season um, quite why he hasn't. And I'm not I'm not accepting all of this nonsense about you know because of COVID he's not been there, etc. Yeah, etc. Nah. I'm sorry, the answer I'm I'm not feeling that whatsoever. Nope. Um, in answer to the Joe Burrow bit, I, th- I obviously feel sorry for him because he 100%. has been dumped into a rubbish team. He was throwing balls expecting Justin Jefferson to be on the end of them. And obviously he <laughs> threw it 10 yards too far because uh, CJ Uzma and Tyler Boyd can't run as fast as someone like Justin Jefferson the, or the Lamar other, Chase. The other thing, so the LSU uh, offensive line was very good last year as well. Yeah. And it almost seemed as though um, Burrow's first progression was to see if he was going to get sacked. So progression one, how's my offensive line doing? Yep, snaps, doing okay. Right, who's available? So it's almost that was his progression to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, had a couple of great good runs. Though. I didn't realize just how athletic he was. He, 69 his, yards. His, his ability to move was pretty good. And he ran in the touchdown as well. So Yeah, that touchdown run was pretty good. Sorry, 46 I mean, yards. I was looking at Mixon's. Yeah, that, that touchdown yards. run was very good because you could tell that wasn't a design play. So I looked and went, there's nothing on for me. Well, there's a space. Push this O lineman into yeah. the linebacker. Why not? Let's go for it. <laughs> no, I, I feel a bit sorry for him, but ultimately you have to deal with the cards that you've played. So just run with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple more uh, messages here. So, first one's from uh, Jay Ramsey. Yo, NFL fan support. How hard is it to get an audition in Hollywood right now? Thinking about the future. Um, the Cowboys against the Rams at SoFi Stadium. I guess we're talking about the offensive pass interference that uh, <laughs> closed out the game for the Rams. What do you reckon, Dave? Was that offensive pass interference or um, did Jalen Ramsey sell it? I mean, 
I'm not a fan of Jalen Ramsey, so anything that goes against him, I'm I'm perfectly happy to represent. But <laughs> I think there was more issues in that game for that Cowboys team. There's a lot of issues, um, which is the reason that they've I think essentially lost. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not massively feeling the Rams either. To be honest, I think they finished bottom of their division. Um, I said this was going to be the game of the week. I was massively wrong. On that. <laughs> um, it was. It was always going to be a close game, and it was going to be one incident that decided it either way. Mm-hmm. Um, Final score was twenty points to seventeen. So the Rams getting a win in their yeah. home debut at yeah. SoFi Stadium. Uh, Jared Goff, two hundred seventy-five yards, no touchdowns, one interception uh, for Jadobi Awuzie, uh, rating a seventy-nine point four. So Dak Prescott, who is still looking for the big contract, one touchdown, two hundred sixty-six passing yards. A rating of ninety two point five. This, I mean, this game also has confirmed my uh, not dislike of Dak, but <laughs> I don't. I'm still, I've, I'm still yet to see anything that makes me want to hang a franchise on him. And I completely get why Jerry Jones is saying you're not the number one quarterback in this league, and we're not going to pay you like it. Mm. Um, there's a lot that can be said about this. I mean, most of it has been said on a lot of different channels, so I'm not going to go into it too much, but ultimately is proving that he's not worth the big contract at the moment it's week one um we know that but at the same time i mean he still can't take snaps under center that's always been my major criticism of he can't play under center he has to play shotgun mm. you're not gonna pay 40 million quid for a quarterback who can't play on center i'm not a, no i think the person with the best take on this is shannon sharp who loves to uh ridicule skip bayless who's obviously a cowboy fan yeah by saying that if they just done the deal a couple of years ago yeah. they've had him tied up for 25 mil which would have been fine yeah but because they you know were messing about and they didn't want to get a deal done he's now sitting there in the franchise tag getting was it 29 uh, i think it's closer to like 33 34 or something it's going like to that. be huge yeah. so you're still paying him anyway yeah so they've, they've sleptwalked into this huge contract negotiation, which they could have just done, yeah. and it wouldn't have been a problem. But Yeah, because I mean, he came out the same draft as Wentz and Goff. Um, Wentz and Goff he was, was a, so yeah, much later round, fourth away. round. Yeah, but, he, but at the same they time... one and two. By the time you, yeah, but by the time you got to the end of that first season, Dak was basically thrown in because Tony Romo got injured. I mean, Romo yes. retired because of that. <laughs> by the time Goff got to the end of that first season... He was being called a bust, and no mm-hmm. one, you know, no one wanted to know anything about it because he was in a Jeff Fisher offense. Mm. Um, and when you then look at Wentz, Wentz at that point was the golden boy. Dak wasn't far behind him, and Goff was somewhat of a joke. Goff and Wentz both got signed. Dak didn't, and it's a bad bit of business. Goff had a great, you know, year he had a great second play. year. Yeah. He had a great second year. You can't take away from that. But yeah, yeah, it's still the fact. The fact doesn't change, and also the fact it is the other issue that Wentz and Goff both had a fifth year option Dak didn't so there's even more reason to sign Dak because mm-hmm. he was taken in the fourth round you don't have a fifth year option yeah so yeah there's no, there's absolutely no reason not to sign they him should have signed him a long time ago that's what yeah, the quicker you can do it the better yes. the longer you drag something out just the worse it gets for the team yeah. and not for the player and if you so I use Julio Jones as an example I know Julio's recently signed a new deal mm-hmm. but he signed a new deal ages and ages ago and he was averaging about was it 12 million or something like that as a wide receiver? Yes, hi. And it was at the time. He was, when he signed his deal, he was the number one receiver. And by the time he came to sign his new deal this year, I mean, last year, you heard no noise, wasn't creating, because mm-hmm. he knew what he was getting into when he signed his deal. And he was like ranked 19th on the list or something stupid like that. Adam Thielen yeah. was above him and he's underpaid. Mm-hmm. So it was that kind of thing of you sign your deal a few years ago, which is absolutely fine. You, you knew what you were getting into then and you could have signed him for a five-year deal. You're looking at 22 million a year and you'd have been happy as anything. 
and you've created your own problems. Absolutely. Let's talk about some uh, quick stats on the game. So Robert Woods got over 100 yards par- uh, receiving for the Rams. Um, Ezekiel Elliott got the most scrimmage yards for the, the Cowboys. Uh, two touchdowns as well, one in the air, one on the ground. Uh, two touchdowns on the, on the ground for Malcolm Brown as well. Uh, it's a great uh, game for him. 18 carries, 79 yards. And then 31 yards receiving. Uh, Greg Zerline missed a field goal. And Sam Sloman missed a field goal. So when everyone missed field goals this week. Yeah, everyone had a chance to miss field goals this week. Uh, okay, next question then was from oh Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett wrote in, great hustle, NFL fan support. Great result for us with a good loss on Monday night. But no one told me that Saquon was a receiver, not a running back. Am I missing something? Great hustle. I mean, that's harsh. <laughs> well, I think that's uh, denigrating the Steelers' defense that held Saquon Barkley to... A poultry twenty-two no, six yards. Sorry, I was looking at Daniel Jones's rushing. Saquon Barkley had six rushing yards on fifteen yeah. carries, an average of zero point four. I mean, that's Trent Richardson numbers. <laughs> Daniel Jones had four carries for twenty-two yards, and uh, Saquon did sixty yards uh, receiving. So he gained a little bit back on that. But the order of the day is: if you can stop Saquon Barkley, then you've basically stopped the Giants. Yes. And the Steelers came away with twenty-six points to sixteen. Good result Great for my Steelers. I'm very happy. If I'd have said to you, Jim, I want you to cover this bet. Yeah. I'm going to give you a tenner <laughs> that Tom Brady is going to get more rushing yards than this week. And, and Barkley's not going to get injured. He's going to play a full game. Mm. Would you take that bet? Yes, you would. And <laughs> yeah. you'd have put your mortgage on it as well. <laughs> what, was in, what was interesting for uh, the Giants is their offensive line was terrible. Yes. And what was notable was that Saquon Barkley was being hit as soon as he was being handed the ball. It's backfield hitting. I don't care who you are. As soon as that's happening, you're not going to make... Even if you're Barry Sanders, you're not making any run. You're not making (laughs) any yards on that. It wasn't a Saquon Barkley issue. He sat and did an interview afterwards saying, I have to be better. I have to be better. (laughs) Not even looking at the camera, looking down. You know exactly what he wanted to say is, give me some protection, will (laughs) you? Give me a fullback or something. Oh, Christ, anything. Um... Yeah, and it was, it, I mean, it was really, really sad to see because the Giants could do nothing. Um, Daniel Jones, I mean, again, if they weren't going to be sacking Saquon Barkley, they were going to be sacking Daniel Jones because the pass rush was past the offensive line before they could do anything. It was a game where the Giants' offense was branded, branded completely impotent. Well, Darius Slayton had a pretty good game. Six catches for 102 yards and two touchdowns. So yes. he was the outlet. He was the Saquon only was outlet, down. though. He was the only outlet. Yeah. Um, he had a good game, but, I mean, that was it. The The Steelers' defense completely had their way with the Giants. Two interceptions for the Steelers' defense, Cam Hayward and TJ Watt. The Cam Hayward one was really important because that was a long drive for the Giants. Yeah. They had a chance to come back and, and get back into the game. And he looped a ball up under pressure from, I think, with Bud Dupree. Yes. And just loop this ball up and just come here. To well, it took a deflection off Dupree, uh, but Dupree. It took a deflection <laughs> off him, and it was taken. Slight. Taken luckily. Well, there's no way that he da- taken luckily. No, no, no. Luckily, it landed in the end zone, so mm. he took it in the end zone, which meant you start on your twenty-five. So threw it straight up in the air. Well, he didn't. No, he took a deflection. I'm not having that. Um, You're being too kind. I'm not. I think the Giants got beat by a better team. Um, yes, it was. 
the the Steelers defensive line was just blitzing constantly because you didn't really that's why he gave up so many yards to Slayton and, and mm. I think Shepard had a couple of receptions early as well yeah he ended up with 47 yards but behind Barkley in receptions yeah. in the first quarter I remember texting you and you said it didn't warrant a, oh my god was when the uh, Dante Johnson fumbled the uh, the punt on was it was it like the three or something like that? Yeah, when he fumbled it backwards. Yes, and it was taken because I was thinking uh, to make this a game, the Giants need to take the lead and take the lead big. You need sort mm-hmm. of fourteen points or something like that. I think they went seven up and um, yeah, kind of lost their fizz after that. That kind of peaked too early. Well, we held them <laughs> to a field goal on that that muffed punt. Didn't they not go seven? Oh, they went ten. Up. No, it was three or in the first quarter, and then they scored a, a touchdown. So they were ten three up. Ten three, and then we yeah. scored two touchdowns. I remember them having a lead half time. Um, so what? What did you think of um, Roethlisberger's performance then? His first year, first um, performance back after a year out. Well, as a Steelers fan who had to watch Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges for a whole season, okay, I'm very happy to watch Ben Roethlisberger. I'm sure you're happy to watch again. him, but what did you think? As forget about the fact that you're a Steelers fan that's watched Duck Hodges for a season. You've mm. watched Ben mm. Roethlisberger for 25 years. What did you think about, about <laughs> him in uh, what you expected? To that's see? my quarterback. <laughs> uh, three touchdowns, 229 yards. Um, a rating of 117.8 I think there were some really good signs of the old Roethlisberger and not just that he re-energised Juju again so Juju's back as well as Roethlisberger Um, 69 yards for Juju and two touchdowns I mean he didn't score two touchdowns I think the whole season in one game (laughs) it was a really rough year for Juju he just didn't that's the problem when you're a number one receiver for a team you do your reps with the number one quarterback so the backup quarterback yeah. plays with the twos and the threes. They, they play with the lower down receivers. So usually when you get someone, a quarterback come in, they target their mate that they were throwing to in practice. They don't target the, the elite wide receiver because they don't know that, that wide receiver at all. They don't get the chance to talk to them even. Yeah. So Juju being back because Roethlisberger was throwing the ball to him. Uh, Deontay Johnson, apart from that fumble punt, he is a very good receiver and had 57 yards on six catches. Chase Claypool looked amazing. Only had two catches, but did 39 yards, and they were kind of toe-tap catches as well. He's a possession guy. Uh, James Washington got a touchdown as well. Really good hustle from him. He caught the ball about seven yards away from the, the end zone and managed to kind of squeeze his body around and fall down inside the end zone. So, yeah, great result. We've got a good wide receiver core. Um, my worry is at running back at the moment, with Anthony McFarland not being healthy yet, How's so, Connor's injury? Because he came, he only yeah, played it, a small it, proportion. It of the looks game. like he might play this weekend. Okay. So they're hoping he might come back. Benny Snell had 113, Schnell, Schnell. 113 <laughs> rushing yards on 19 carries. Um, I like Snell, but he's not a number one running back. He no. is a kind of change of pace back. So you can't rely on him to take the, the pressure off the passing game. Uh, and then also, Zach Banner, one of our offensive linemen, uh, went, was out for the season with an ACL tear which is gutting because he's one of those guys that you really root for, a kind of on-the-bubble guy that yep. got cut and then got brought back in. Um, really funny guy on Twitter as well. So Couldn't give a toss about that. You should, he's a really lovely guy. Great. So um, hoping he comes <laughs> back next season. Uh, and Chris Boswell missed an extra point. Yeah. Well, that's standard <laughs> for Chris Boswell. That's what he does. He's not that bad. Mm. He had a bad he had an okay no, season on, last, last year. Last season, he didn't miss an extra had an point. Had okay, an okay season last year, the year before he was dire. Um, the, the They're allowed to have one dire year. I, w- I was impressed by the Steelers' play design. So there was a couple of times, I think it happened on the Washington uh, touchdown, where there, Washington, was, yes, where yes. there was two um, basic standard sort of slant, uh, slants 
yeah. where the defensive backs literally ran into each other yeah. and he just ran through and touched and it happened twice in the game yeah and I'm, I'm kind of th- I kind of like the fact that you've now got the confidence to, to say look if we create a play you will find the right guy um, so let's just concentrate on creating space and creating separation and we know the quarterback is going to have to is going to be able to sort of dissect the play and um, find the right guy because you weren't doing that at all last year it was just a case of that's what the league quarterback does Dave. yeah let's give him an action well he's been in the he's been in the game long enough to be able to sort of dissect a defence so there's, there's no reason why he shouldn't be doing that he was doing um, it right at the start but, yeah uh, <laughs> well absolutely <laughs> start should have been but I'm saying the ability for your uh, offensive coordinators to Create plays that are gonna um, create that are gonna create problems, as opposed to just saying let's just yeah, let's just try and get through and score, as, make, make, make sure that we don't have to hang on the defense. You've had an offense that can back it up as well. Uh, I've got one more question came in. Um, so this is from a guy just Goskowski. Mm-hmm. So uh, dear, dear NFL fan support, if I only kick through one in four field goals, but my team still wins, do I get to keep my job? It's an interesting question, Dave. Um, how little can you do and still get paid? Um, well, he missed four. Kicks he makes no in total. Well, all right, he missed an extra point as well. Yes, he missed four. I kicks. said field goals. Four kicks on the bounce. He missed. <laughs> yeah, he made um, the important one though. It's all right. No, I don't blame you. You were just reading his text. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> he was. He was right about field goals. Uh, the thing is, one of them was tipped from Shelby Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, Shelby Harris has a. Normally does that against the Raiders, to be honest, Shelby Harris. Yeah, he has a um, a history of doing that. But the so this was the Titans and the Broncos game. Titans won sixteen fourteen. Titans probably well they left a lot of points on the field and they probably should have won a lot earlier than they did. The Titans, right? Yeah, without a doubt. I think there was uh, quite a few problems for the Broncos, but not overly surprising considering the amount of young players that we have. I think it was great to watch. So the Broncos were very, very entertaining at times. Mm-hmm. Um, created one or two of our own problems. Um, Noah Fan looked fantastic. Throughout 81 the game. yards in the touchdown. Yeah, but it was also the way that he was doing as well. Um, Rashawn Evans is an idiot. Uh, <laughs> everyone knows you can't slap the butt. You can't do it. So, uh, yeah, he's slapped. Jake. Ejected for smacking Jake Butt. Yeah. Jake Butt basically called him something and he just slapped him in the uh, <laughs> right in the end zone in front of all the judges. And you're going to get thrown out, you know. Um and uh, yeah, it was just it was one of those games where we had Cortland Sutton missing, mm-hmm. um, KJ Hamler was missing as well. Von Miller's obviously not there, so there was a lot of players who. Um, we've also lost a right tackle who's opted out for the season, Joan James. Um, so it's, Dolphin. It's, it's a very very young team, and um, it's not surprising that we got beat. By a playoff team from last year. Um, what was an dis- AFC Championship team from yes. last year? What was disappointing was we only scored fourteen, but yeah, there was a few- one in the first and one in the fourth. Yeah, there's one. There's a few plays where we could have, we could have probably uh, got a bit more depth on it, but ended up sort of fourth and short. Um, but it's one of those things. It's a learning curve. Uh, the real hope is that we're going to be seeing Cortland Sutton coming back because he's our number one receiver um, a couple of drops from Jerry Judy which is really uh, he caught four of eight passes yeah there's what there was a couple which were real dollies that he missed though like real dollies should have been uh, letting him practice with the ones in well the problem was he was practicing with the ones the problem was that he just took his eyes off the ball you you could see it physically and the commentators even called it mm. before it came into his hands he just took his eyes off the ball that, okay, it's his first game in the NFL. He's yep. probably expecting a hit. 
coming in straight away there or something. No, there was no even area. You never know if There's he's no expecting him. It's just it's a concern when you draft a guy in the first round. Um, I mean. There's one saving grace, at least he's not Justin Jefferson. <laughs> oh, wait and see on that one. Well, um, Justin Jefferson playing with the seconds. Great results on some of the stats here for the Titans. So Derek Henry, 116 rushing yards on 31 carries. Corey Davis, 101 pass, uh, receiving yards on seven carries on eight targets. Uh, touchdowns for Johnny Smith, Michael Pruitt. Yeah, just an overall really good game for the Titans. They're very clinical. Although it was one score in the second quarter and then one score in the fourth. But again, it's all those field goals made it look a bit tighter than it should have been. But uh, 31 carries is too many in a game, especially if you're... Too many it is too many. You can't, ha- you can't have 31 carries in every single game. Because I think his longest, his longest wasn't if you let him. Well, his longest was only, what, 13 yards? So it wasn't as though he had over a hundred and something yards with he was getting first downs. Runs. He was getting he was first downs, but thirty-one carries is insane. Mm. Um, that's got to be a concern for Titans fans. But I mean, he did that all the way through the playoffs last season, so maybe he'll just carry on with it. Yeah, he's a beast. Yeah, we've got some games to talk about, Dave. Didn't get any messages on them, so it's going to rattle through them. Yeah. Uh, first one was the Seattle Seahawks demolishing the Atlanta Falcons. It was thirty-eight twenty-five, but don't let the score fool you. Uh, this was never close. Russell Wilson, four touchdowns, 322 passing yards, a rating of 143.1, almost uh, Gardner Minshew type stats <laughs> there. Um, he also was the best rusher, as usual, for the Seahawks, so yeah. 29 rushing yards. Uh, Carlos Hyde rocked in with 23 rushing yards and a touchdown. Um, passing touchdowns were to DK Metcalf, who got 95 yards and a touchdown. Chris Carson caught two um, passes as well for two touchdowns. Sorry, six passes, two touchdowns. Uh, Greg, Olson. Yards. Greg Olson scored a touchdown as well, didn't he? Yeah. Comprehensive. So, yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to say? He didn't score a lot of yards, but he got a touchdown. So congratulations to Olsen on his debut there for the Seahawks. Um, Todd Gurley, 56 rushing yards and a touchdown for the they were, they were hard yards as well. They were hard yards. Calvin Ridley got two touchdowns as well yeah. through the air. Uh, Quandre Diggs got an interception for the Seahawks. Grady Jarrett for the Falcons got one and a half sacks. On I'm happy Olsen. for Quandre Diggs because he's, he's a guy I really rate and he went into... The draft, um, I think he was rated as about the fifth or sixth best corner. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was, I thought he was better than that. Um, so yeah, on his debut, getting inception was pretty good. Mm. Uh, next up was then the Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. <laughs> First time without Tom Brady in fifty years. Uh, Miami lost eleven points to twenty-one. Cam Newton decided not to throw the ball but just to run it. Um, so only had one hundred fifty-five passing yards. But 75 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns for Cam Newton. I mean, you can't really blame him when they've only got Julian Edelman to throw at. Yep. 57 yards for Edelman uh, and 39 for Nikhil Harry, who lost a fumble. Yep. So continuing his, uh, his, his journey descent, yeah. since uh, being a first-round pick just a couple of years ago. Um, on the other well, Stefan Gilmore got an interception, Adrian Phipps got an interception, and JC Jackson got an interception for the Patriots on Ryan Fitzpatrick, who couldn't throw a touchdown pass. Um, Devontae Parker was the most productive receiver for the, the Dolphins 47 yards Miles Gaskin the best running back 40 yards uh, Nick Falk missed the field goal for the Patriots uh, yeah not a great game to watch and it was a bit of a shame because the Patriots didn't look great No, I mean apart from Newton rushing around which they've not well, had someone that can rush around so the Patriots had more rushing yards this week than any other team in the NFL 
Mm. Uh, that's the New England Patriots having more rushing yards than anyone else. I don't think that's a, a, something that's ever been said before. Um, and they played play action or an option pass on 80% of snaps. Mm-hmm. I mean, straight away that stinks of, I don't necessarily trust my quarterback, so I'm going to give him an instant get-out-of-jail-free get card. I think it's don't trust your receivers. I mean, there's that as well, maybe. Um, the Patriots is the storyline in the NFL that's the most intriguing, I would say, of what's going to happen there. Um, but it's a good team beating a team that's going to develop as the season goes on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think this is very encouraging for New England. No. Well, From what, from what I saw, I, I love Cam Newton, but he's got nothing to throw at. And I think that if Tom Brady was there, they would have probably lost this game because Tom Brady wouldn't be able to run the ball out from yeah. in scrambling. So if he's got nothing to throw at, he probably got out at the right time. Yeah. But, but it's also the fact that their uh, offensive line wasn't really protecting Newton that much. Mm. I mean, the Dolphins were playing five defensive linemen rather than playing the standard 4-3 playing five defensive linemen in a nickel going backwards and they were winning the uh, line of scrimmage against the Patriots yeah. that's something I don't think anyone said for a, a generation <laughs> <laughs> generation of players I yeah mean. yeah uh, next game was the Las Vegas Raiders and the Carolina Panthers this was actually a pretty good game ended 34-30 to in the Raiders favour so the first game for Las Vegas and they get the win Derek Carr got a touchdown no interceptions which is always good Teddy, Bridge, Teddy Bridgewater the same one touchdown no interceptions Christian McCaffrey two rushing touchdowns 96 yards on the ground another 38 through the air um, Robbie Anderson had 115 receiving yards and a touchdown for the Panthers Henry Ruggs 55 yards I think he got injured though yeah he left the game he left the game Josh Jacobs had a great I game it was 55 yards on one catch though no no it was three catches overall his long was 45 yards Ah, that's why I'm thinking about that uh, Josh Jacobs had 25 carries for 93 yards and three rushing touchdowns, put another 46 yards through the air on four receptions as well. So great game for Josh Jacobs. Yes, uh, he was the difference. Yep, and yeah, uh, the win for the Raiders on it the road. Was the tale of two conservative quarterbacks: uh, yeah. Derek Carr because he's Derek Carr, mm. and Teddy Bridgewater because it's his he's well, his first game for them. First, yeah, it's his first game in a new offense. Yeah, uh, and Joey Slimus an extra point for the Panthers. Next game that we haven't talked about was the 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals. What a game, Dave. Car what a crash. Game. <laughs> <laughs> the Cardinals managed to squeak out of this one. 24 points to 20 in Santa Clara. Uh, Kyler Murray with one touchdown, one exception by Jaquiski Tart. Um, you making names up again? No. Jaquiski Tart. It was DeAndre Hopkins who made the difference here. 14 receptions on 16 targets for 151 yards. Ow. <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald, the Aegis Wonder, got 34 yards. Uh, Chase Edmonds had a uh, a touchdown through the air, 19 yards on three catches. Kyler Murray had 91 yards rushing and scored a rushing touchdown as well. Yep. Kenyon Drake scored a touchdown on the ground. Um, for the other side, biggest news was that George Kittle went out, uh, came back in, but didn't get a catch in the second half. Um, Raheem Mostert was the one that picked up most of the work. He had a rushing touchdown. No, sorry. He had a 56 yards through the ground, uh, a, a receiving touchdown and 95 yards in the air. Jarek McKinnon got another receiving touchdown as well, despite the fact he's also a running back. Yes. It's nice to see McKinnon playing though because he picked up so many injuries in recent years. And normally, yeah. n- niggly he little missed ones. missed the entire season. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the time, other than that, there's niggly little ones that keep him out. Um, but yeah, he's... Uh, I think it's it's nice to see that he's going to finally get some game time and 
So hope, hopefully he stays fit for a while. Yeah, joins that committee in the backfield. Yeah. Uh, and Zen Gonzalez for the Cardinals missed two field goals. Uh, again, after a good season, going back to what he does best, missing. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's it. Those are all the games, Dave. They are. The one thing I want to say about the 49ers, though, um, is they're still raising that question over Super Bowl hangover. Um, their offense has always been ultra-efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I think, no, two of 11 third-down conversions. Um, so yeah, not the, what we're used to seeing. No, absolutely not. Um, and again, I mean, it's a divisional game, so it puts them immediately on the back foot. Um, I know we've got two extra uh, playoff teams going in the hardest division in football, which you can make an argument that, that it is the NFC West. It's very much uh, not the start that they needed. Hopkins, that Hopkins and Murray partnership looks so good. It looks like poetry in motion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a concern. The other concern for the Cardinals is um, the 100 yards in penalties that they racked up as well. Mm. Um, so again, the Cards continuing to do what they do. A defense that's led by Vance Joseph is one that isn't going to carry uh, much confidence, unfortunately. <laughs> not from you anyway. Not give from him a me. chance. It's a new scheme, you know. It's not. It's his second year there. <laughs> Under the same. He just needed a change of a change of scenery. That's what he needed. So to leave Arizona, what you saw? No, you're leave Denver. <laughs> yeah, that hellhole. It wasn't. It wasn't all that good at Miami. Let's take a break, Dave. And we'll come back with the picks for week two, shall we? Let's. Welcome back to part two, guys. The Jim and the King NFL podcast. This was the week one review, which we've just reviewed, and now we're going to talk about the picks for week two. But we're going to talk before that, Dave. About some fantasy, are we? We are. Not the fantasies you, don't you wanna, have. But I want to know my fantasies. No. <laughs> How do you do in fantasy this week? Um, so I'm only going to concentrate on our league. So yeah. us and a few, along with a few friends. It's a 12-team league. It's 12-team league. Standard scoring. Yep. Uh, no edited scoring. Uh, roster of a million each. Um, <laughs> no. So yeah, this is the league where last year I came second on points, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played the winner last who person who won last year I came second and I lost again so this guy's <laughs> he's my bogeyman he's the only person I've really lost to in the past couple of seasons <laughs> and uh, yeah I lost unfortunately um, so shout out to Mike well done I lost by six points um, and as usual doing the day thing I've left points on my bench Everyone leaves points on the bench, Dave. Yeah, Ro- you can't um, look at that. Too Robbie much. Anderson, twenty-two points, and Sammy Watkins, fourteen points. So somewhat annoying, but yeah, no. Uh, my biggest scorer this week was uh, apart from well, Lamar Jackson got twenty-seven outfield. Um, John Brown. So John yeah. Brown. Yeah, the rest of my team did pretty badly. I had Saquon Barkley missed a six yards himself. <laughs> um, so I was I was really confident going into Monday. I'm thinking Barkley 50, 60 yards easy. <laughs> yeah, it didn't happen. Um, and yeah, I was facing Chris McCaffrey as well, um, who got 25, and that pretty much stuffed me. Yeah. So, what about you? How'd you get them? I haven't looked at yours yet. I haven't looked at I, anyone else's. You know, I when you lose a fantasy, when you lose a fantasy, you just ignore everything because mm-hmm. I don't want it. I'm not interested. It was rough, man. It was rough. Oh, yours is rough. I've just seen it. Yeah. I lost by a point <laughs> to Punk Raider. <laughs> Uh, apart from Russell Wilson as my starting quarterback who was the best 
starting quarterback in the league for fantasy points. Yeah. I didn't break double digits on any of my other players. And you did I needed 11 points from the Steelers' defense on Monday night, and I got 9.84. At one point during the game, I had over 11 points. So actually, I was winning. And then they scored some yards, and that uh, took it away from me. So Three three players on your bench got double points, and the, yeah, other, I know. the other one got 9.6. Yeah, well, one of them was Roethlisberger, so he didn't get more than Wilson, yeah, so that doesn't really count. Point. Just my running backs. Um, Joe Mixon and Cam Akers for the start didn't do the business no and then George Kittle was out for most of the game so that was my second round pick you know yeah, you just really one of those, with one Joe those really suffered with Joe Mixon um, I was the pick in the draft so yes I've done a trade today uh, I saw that yeah I, th- I wasn't too sure about I'm not about sure it. about this <laughs> well the, the one thing that was sort of discussed was it's a number two receiver for a good team mm. for a number one receiver for a bad team um, so I've traded DJ Shark. Uh, I've traded for DJ Shark um, and given up Sammy Watkins. Mm. Um, now chances are that's going to be filling my bench. Um, but You've given him to a Chiefs fan, so it's I have. Good. I have. But the good other move. part, the other part to it as well is if he puts him in his team, which I'm absolutely cool with. Um, mm-hmm. He's got Kelsey as his uh, tight end, so the chances of both of them scoring high in a week are somewhat reduced. But this is the Chiefs, so anything is possible. <laughs> yeah, they all score, mate. Yeah, um, but no, I started Brandon Cooks by accident, uh, Mister Two Points. Always himself. been drafted him. But... Oh, I don't know. It's a mistake. So, um, yeah, uh, no, there's going to be some changes coming this week. So I'm, I don't, I don't, I haven't looked when I've got you. So you've, uh, that'll be an interesting week. But no, so a little bit disappointed this week, to be honest. One of, I heard one of, in one of your other leagues, you got a hundred and, 160, 170 points or something. I was up against a player who got 170 points. Yeah. Is that standard scoring or? Yeah. Every person in this team basically like 20 points. Christ. And that is rough. Yeah, it was rough. I, I get the worst luck in some of these fantasy games. But yeah, uh, yeah first week was terrible. What I'm not going to do though, Dave, is panic. I am. I'm not going to panic. I oh, did I'm that in last complete year. panic mode. Last year I panicked and I got rid of Aaron Jones in week one. <laughs> I just, for some reason, thought that, well, Rodgers ain't going to use him, so might as well get rid of him. And I just regretted that for the rest of the season. So, no, I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to get rid of all of my players. I'm just going to trust myself, trust my draft. And let the season come to me. Did you fancy a trade? No. <laughs> CD Lamb? For what? What do you want? T.Y. Hilton. I'm not, I don't want T.Y. Hilton. I've got, <laughs> what, Phil Rivers throwing at him? No thanks. <laughs> I'll stick with CD Lamb. He looked okay. He just All wasn't right. targeted enough. Right. We'll see what you're saying in week 10. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be begging for T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> Even if he's on the bench or injured or something. I'm like, T.Y. I'll give you everything, man. I'll give you everything. Yeah. Got some crack? Got <laughs> some crack? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we've just looked at the fantasy. I mean... The players did really well that probably weren't expecting to do well. Mm. Cam Newton got over 25 points. Most of that was obviously rushing. Yeah. Um, and Trubisky got 24.28. And Roethlisberger, 22. It's good to see him back. It obviously could have been a, a terrible game, uh, but it wasn't. Um, surprising running backs, I guess. Raheem Mostert's got to be up there. He was the fourth most productive. And Malcolm Brown as well. As Last season... As a rookie, they were like, well, is he going to come in and, and take over for Gurley? It was a season too early for him, but this year, he looked pretty good in his... Um, I don't want to say, it's not a debut really, is it? But, you know, his first time as being the number one running back on the team. Yeah, and Josh Jacobs, obviously, number one overall yeah. in terms of running back. Uh, but surprising, Naheem Hines, I guess. Uh, obviously, most people went for Marlon Mack in the Colts' backfield, but it looks like Naheem is the one that's 
being picked up now in the well, I, in free agency? I, I thought that there was a chance that Mac was going to get overtaken uh, in the Colts' backfield, and which is why I picked up um, Taylor. But mm. unfortunately, it looks as though it went the other way. So bad luck. Two I Green Bay Taylor as well. Two Packer receivers in the top ten. Uh, obviously, Devon Adams is number one. Valdez Scantling is eight at the moment. Obviously, it's only one week in. Uh, and Alan Lazard is at 13. So <laughs> don't expect that to stay. Um, but encouraging for Robbie Anderson. Obviously, Teddy Bridgewater is a very kind of, Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater is a very conservative, as you said, quarterback. Yep. But the fact that Anderson was just streaking away with the ball a few times uh, means that there's some high upside there. I mean, Anderson's one of those guys where if he beats the first tackle, he's away and he'll get a huge amount of points. Mm. Um, if it doesn't be the first tackle which happens on quite a number of games you'll come out with almost nothing we expected a, a high drop off from the tight end position obviously Kittle doesn't really count because he got injured but um, aside from the top 5 or 6 it then drops off a cliff David Njoku who I'm guessing got drafted by quite a few people uh, had 11 points but then got into IR so oh, he's, he's on now IR. gone I know he got injured I didn't know he went on he's to on IR, IR. Oh, uh, obviously Noah Fant had a good showing and uh, Dallas Goddard had more points than uh, Zach Ertz. Yeah. A lot more points. Both got touchdowns though. But he got double the points. Yeah. Zach Ertz. Uh, and Mark Andrew got the most. But yeah, tight end's always a brutal position. Yeah. Yeah, because you can have a great game as a tight end blocking and blocking. Yeah. And then you get some Muppet on the other side who receives a catch, misses, you know, misses coverage and all of a sudden you got 40 yards. Yeah. And again, kicking was much of a muchness. So it's one of those things, they're not positions you should be targeting high up in the draft because... You're going to get an average, you should expect an average of points from these guys from between five and ten. Well, well Punk always says keep one kicker in your roster because you can change them out quite easily. He does the same with um, quarterbacks as well. Yeah, but I mean, he took his advice from Al Davis. So. He beat you this week. By one point, Dave, and I had a bad week. Yeah, well, he still last. <laughs> don't stick up for the Punk. History books will show that you were a loser. Me too, don't <laughs> worry, you're in good company. <laughs> Do you know what? I never mind losing in fantasy as long as my Steelers win. Like oh, I, yeah, I always I take mean, it. I'm like, I'd rather well, see my, yeah. my team win than my fantasy team win. That's my only, you know, my only consolation there. Yeah. And then on the defense stakes, uh, Saints had almost 20 points. Yeah. Tom Brady was giving them points there. Uh, and obviously the football team got almost 18 points thanks the, to sacking the hell out of the football team. The Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. yeah. Put some respect on that name. <laughs> uh, and the Chargers got 14, but that's because they're playing against the Bengals them Bengals so yeah if you can in fantasy this week pick up the Browns um, it may already be too, it may <laughs> pick already up be the too Bills lame. they're playing Miami this week oh, I've got the Bills <laughs> even not to about your league Dave. no it's generally yeah but the Browns have got I guess uh, the, the Bills Bengals. aren't going to be available in most people's leagues no uh, yeah. Browns, the Browns might be there to pick up and they've got the Bengals so there's a good chance they might be able to do pick, you know, pick up some points mm. pick up the Steelers if you can they're against the Broncos this week, so there there are no leagues in the world where the Steelers. <laughs> in fact, if you click on the Steelers, if you actually click on them as a player, it tells you what ownership percentage. It are. does, yeah. So ownership is ninety nine percent, starting eighty five point four. What league is it that doesn't have a Steelers um, team drafted? All leagues don't have him. <laughs> I mean, that must be that. There must be leagues where like people have joined and no, everyone forgot about, it and it's just auto drafted, and there's like four people in it or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Most added players. Cam Newton's been the most added player in fantasy this week, uh, and then Trubisky for quarterbacks at least, um, and then Gardner Minshew, and then Roethlisberger. Yeah, 
Obviously, these are players that weren't drafted, so you're not going to get the ones that are expected to be drafted. He's just a panicky pickups, basically, <laughs> from week one. Hey, when you lose, you're constantly doing panicky pickups. I picked up a new uh, a new kicker today. so Yeah, it looks like uh, Connor's picked up Benny Snell. So that's a panicky pickup there. Uh, I've got him in week two. So. As much as I love him um, as a stealer, yeah. Anyway, that's the fantasy roundup. Yep. We both lost. Yep. <laughs> Mine was more heartbreaking than I yours. I have a feeling... Uh, yeah I mean losing's losing I have, is, a, yeah. I have a feeling though it'll be a similar conversation next week judging by who I'm <laughs> up against let's talk about the picks then Dave yes. you had an absolute shower oh mate awful absolutely tranced lost by you, four you, you're known for swinging for the fence I mean I thought genuinely thought that my picks were alright there's some really random ones last week though <laughs> if you say so I mean there were you ended up with six yeah Lou yeah. rinsed you she had ten yeah I know it's bad it is bad. You're on the bubble now, son. Yeah. If you if you don't come through this week, then I might cut you. <laughs> so. I'm down with that. Uh, this week we've got Paul, who yeah. is a Washington football team fan. Uh, we've got his picks, so I need to know what yours are. Yeah. First game up for week two is the Thursday night. It's the Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. So based on week one, if you look at the two games in isolation, the Bengals look like the stronger team, but we know the Bengals, they always find a way to lose. Mm. Um, the Browns' rushing attack, I think they're probably going to run right if once they break the line of scrimmage, and that's probably where the game's going to be won. So on that basis, I'm going to go for the Browns. Okay. Uh, Paul's gone for the Bengals. Yep. I know that his son's a Bengals fan, so this might be a, oh. a sympathetic stick, pick there. Stick, stick with your loyalty. <laughs> well, he's not a Bengals fan, but... Maybe okay. a summer's in the room. Again, based on what happened in week one, the Bengals do look like the stronger team. <sighs> That's difficult when they scored 13 garbage, points. Though. Yeah, but the Browns were... Browns scored six. <laughs> yeah, against the Ravens. Yeah. Let's put it in perspective. Uh, then it's the Giants at the Bears. Yeah. This sounds awful. <laughs> I'm, I don't want to be anywhere near this game, Dave. Well, this one's going to be the Giants' offense against the Bears' defense. Um, two underachieving units um, and it's just going to decide it on which well they're the two sides of the ball that have the most talent and it's going to be who's better on the day I suspect it will be the Bears okay well Paul's gone for the Giants so I don't know there's a difference that's an alien versus predator thing for me I'm not watching that <laughs> next up is the Atlanta Falcons at the Dallas Cowboys yeah so neither of the teams have a great secondary so it comes down to which receiver core you can trust in key moments Ooh. now I'm going to side with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley against Trayvon Diggs and uh, Antonio Brown, uh, Anthony Brown um, to make big plays at the end of the game so I'm going to go for the Falcons and uh, Paul's gone for the Cowboys yeah. so differences all the way you love your differences viva la difference <laughs> indeed the Detroit Lions are at the Green Bay Packers. I have a feeling we might agree <laughs> on this one. Mm. So in the last 29 meetings between these two teams um, at Lambeau Field, the Packers have won 27. Uh, it's a rough stat So history is on the side of the Packers. But as I mentioned earlier on, one of those was the 31, one of the ones that the Lions won was the 31-0 win mm. um, when uh, Monsieur Kaiser was at the helm. See what I did there? Monsieur. <laughs> what's happened to this pod we've gone French I don't know if we go back to if we look at again week one the Packers were so strong I find it hard to go against them I like the Lions I'm kind of a secret Lions fan because they're the underachieving team who never really 
have a chance because of, because of the division they're in. But mm. um, I'm not going to side with the Lions. I'm going to go Packers. Okay. The Jacksonville Jaguars are at the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Paul's gone for the Packers as well, I see. AFC South. He has gone for the yeah. Packers, yeah. Um, Titans, I think, will have too much. Jags' major strength is on defense and pass rush. Um, Titans go and play guard the Minshew. Okay. Um, the t- <laughs> <laughs> I think the Titans go play action more than any other team. Um, so the pass rush is going to be somewhat negated by you can't commit to blitzing. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Allen's currently questionable. He obviously is one of the defensive, defensive ends so that only leaves um, Clavon Chesson. Clavon Chason. Chason, that's it. I always struggle with his name. <laughs> um, but if Minshew has the same as week one, you never know. Um, but what are you doing? You're going Titans? Going Titans. Paul's also gone for the Titans. Then it's the Minnesota Vikings at the Indianapolis Colts. Yes. Two teams that struggled in week one. Indeed. Now, I find this one the hardest. Um, every time I pick the Vikings, they let me down. Every single time. Um, Rivers has to show up this week. He has to. Um, so I'm well, he's make... getting paid 25 mil just for being there, isn't he? I'm going to go for the Colts. <laughs> for the Colts, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go for the uh, Colts. Well, Paul's gone for the Vikings. I would side with the Vikings on this one because... They're just a better overall unit, I think. Oh, completely. They've got agree. a better quarterback, um, and they got hurt at home. But so. with their lack of pass rush, as I mentioned earlier on, against essentially the best offensive line in football, if Rivers doesn't, I mean, I, I've said at the beginning when we did our um, predictions earlier in the season, I said the Colts will be sneaky good. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't succeed in this game, I'm out. I'm, yeah. I'm okay. done on the Colts, Ooh. like legit, because he should have, in theory all day to throw the Vikings <laughs> haven't got a great pass rush they haven't no against one of the best offensive lines and a decent run game he should be able to throw all day long I mean if you've got T.Y. Hilton which I have you should be able to have huge points in fantasy you should have done week. Paris Campbell mate that was the thing either or I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be uh, either side of the ball this time so alright so there's a difference there in the picks you've gone for Colts Paul's yeah. gone for Vikings the next game is the Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins at AFC East. Uh, Bills D against Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Feels like a bit of a no-brainer. Yeah. Going Bills. Paul's gone for Bills as well. It's the sensible choice, I yeah. think. As much as I would like the Dolphins to score some wins. <sighs> until they put in Tua. I mean, how long do you think until Tua goes in then? Oh, week nine. Yeah. I mean, the only reason being, and this is... Because remember when we went back and we, we we went through each team's schedule and looked at what we thought the records were going to be? Sure. If you look at the Dolphins' schedule, they play some like real solid defences, like mm-hmm. proper pass rush defence. Why would I put in my quarterback... Your who, future. Yeah, my future, who's potentially got a bit of a da- dodgy hip. I don't care what anyone says, that hip is still healing. It's not 100%. It might be at 85 might be at 90%, but it's not 100 Well, I'm going to throw him in against one of you know against great pass rushers bring him in in like week nine against the Lions or whatever it is just let him sit <laughs> there's no rush to bring him in it's just whether you know the the division is open for someone to take it it might you're absolutely right it might be open for someone to take it I don't think that someone's probably going to be the Dolphins to be honest okay um, but personally depend, situation dependent I'd leave him to like week 9-10 have a look at the schedule and you'll see there's a massive drop off towards the end of the season um, but yeah, Tua will come in and uh, he'll look great towards the end of the season because they're playing much worse teams. No, I think you're right. The 49ers are playing the Jets in New York. Uh, so the 49ers <laughs> defensive line against the Jets offensive line. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I'm going to have to rush you. I'm going to go for the 49ers, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
for the 49ers said to the O-line as well. Yeah. The, <laughs> oh, that's rough. The, yeah, Paul's gone for the 49ers. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, sorry Jets. The LA Rams are facing the Philadelphia Eagles. In Philadelphia. Philadelphia. I think the Eagles have got somewhat of a solid D. I mean, sensed by the fact that they've Phrasing. Had... Mm-hmm. <laughs> somewhat of a solid D. Oh, you might be right. But yeah, they've got they've got a solid defence by the fact that they've conceded fewest um defensive yards this season so far. It's only week one, but uh I think they'll be pissed at giving up eight sacks as well. And this week they're facing Aaron Donald. Yeah. Um I have a bit more belief in what the Eagles have than what the Rams have, so uh, I'll go Eagles. Eagles on that one. Yeah, Eagles. The Eagles on that one. Paul's gone for the Rams, yep. so that's nice to see a bit of difference there. Here we go then, Dave. I mean, head or heart, it's the Denver Broncos at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm a massive fan of head, so I'm gonna have to go for the Steelers. <laughs> Are we just not doing phrasing anymore? <laughs> I think the Steelers' defense will shut us down. Unfortunately, I don't think we've got the offense yet to challenge. Um, less of the fist pump in I think <laughs> I can't believe you've done it no but I mean it, it, you're taking I, it seriously in week two I'm glad to see this Dave yeah I mean you are we, we don't travel east well I've said this a number of occasions <laughs> or we, west we don't or travel south yeah, well less said about north the better yeah, yeah. but we're dead accurate at the centre <laughs> in Denver um, no I, I, I mean there's every chance that Cortland Sutton's still going to be out um, KJ Hamler's definitely out um, so we're going into the game with our first receiver being Jerry Juden, our second receiver being Tim Patrick. Mm. That tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just it feels like a game we're not gonna we're not gonna win, to be honest. No, I think that Paul might be trolling me because he's picked the Broncos to win this. Oh, game. has he? Yeah. Oh, good man. I hope yeah, you win. You that can't one, win now because no matter what you do, you've done. The, you know, if oh, the Broncos win, then oh, I am happy with that. Oh, that's a loss. I'll take. Spoiler alert: You're not going to win that game. <laughs> Next game with the Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, NFC South. So the Bucks managed to squeak past a good defense last last week. Some of it in garbage. Um, yeah, some of them are garbage points, but mm, I think the Panthers aren't necessarily that strong, and their defense contains a lot of rookies still. Um, the battle won't be Tom Brady though. I don't think that's where the battle is going to be won. It's going to be the pass rush led by Christian McCaffrey versus the ability for the Bucks to stop them. And I side with the Bucks. I think that defensive line is just a bit too good. Um, so I'll go for the Buccaneers on that. Wait, you, said, you, said, well, you said pass rush, you mean the rushing uh, the, attack? The rushing attack, yeah. Okay, right, yeah. So Christian McCaffrey is playing off. Chris McCaffrey is playing off. I know he's, he's good. Not, but... He's not going to be playing pass rush. He probably could, though. If you're going for the Bucks. Well, I disagree the that the Panthers are weak. I think they showed no, I, that they're very tough. I think they're very similar to the Broncos. They'll be good in about week 10. Once all the rookies <laughs> get a bit more experience and things like that. They're very, very, very young. Paul's gone for the Panthers. I tend to side with that as a bit of an outside, a bit of a dark horse bet, that one. Mm. Uh, yeah, as the Bucks get yeah. recalibrated. Yes, I guess is the word from everyone's expectations. Well, new head coach, new positional coaches, new entirely new almost defensive unit, new quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's they've hit a reset button. And it's going to be a, a while before they see success, but it's a definitely a long term project. I mean, they've even got a new owner. What with a forty three year old quarterback? The times now. No, I know. I was about the Panthers. I'm about the Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could say the same about the Bucks. Actually. I wasn't about the Bucks. Yeah, no, I was saying about the Panthers. Jesus, we're on the wrong page here. Mm. <laughs> Uh, it's getting late. So, Washington at the Cardinals. Um, cards are my sneaky good pick this season. 
I like Washington. I like what they've done. Um, I think they're the entertainment team more than the achievement team this season. So okay. Cardinals. Well, as a, a Washington football team fan, he has picked the football team yes. to win. And by that, I don't mean the Cardinals. I expect that. So then it's the Kansas City Chiefs at the LA Chargers. AFC West matchup there. Kansas. Next. <laughs> no uh, no in-depth feature there on why the Chargers can get Kansas. Next. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the Chiefs have been picked by Paul as well. Three games left. First up, it's the Baltimore Ravens at the Houston Texans. Ravens. Next. <laughs> I don't think you're right there, son. I don't think you're right there. Paul's also gone for the Ravens, but yeah. I wasn't... At least I won't lose a point if I am wrong. I wasn't overly scared by what I saw by the Ravens in week one. I know maybe that sounds foolish, but... Oh, it does. <laughs> yeah, I know, but... No, but it's fine, though, because there's lots of other things you've said on this podcast that have been foolish <laughs> as well, so we just add it to the list. <laughs> oh, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> It's the New England Patriots at the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I'll go Seattle on this one. Mainly because Cam throwing in the Seattle wind and rain and avoiding Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner and the rest of his crew (laughs) just seems somewhat unlikely. Um, And I don't necessarily fear the Patriots' run ground game. I think offensively, I think Seattle can outscore them. Um and Seattle's record, record on Monday Night Football is very, very good as well. Um, the Patriots is below 500 when they're away on Monday Night Football. I think if this was in New England, it would be a little bit closer. Oh, 100%. 100%. I think with the home advantage, even though there's no fans. Well, the thing is, the home advantage, it, when you're coming as far away it's as you are from distance. Boston, I, I don't think you can get any further. It, no. you, other than going to play in London, it's as bad as it gets. Mm. And the weather's, this might be further. The weather's or you might be right actually the weather's always always horrible in Seattle I spent 10 days there and Pretty we got one England. day of sunshine <laughs> it's it's awful um, the only the only obviously what's going on on the west coast of America at the moment with the fires mm. um, bit more there's, toasty there's some talk though because it's especially bad in Oregon which isn't very far away at all there's some talk that potentially future games may have to be moved same goes for the 49ers mm. same goes for potentially LA, LA. Although LA is in a lot less it's, not it's, in, it's, it's further up, isn't fire. it? It's more San Francisco upwards. Yeah, San Francisco especially. I mean, there was somewhat of a fog. They had to do an air quality test before last week's game. Mm-hmm. Um, but 49ers are away this week at the Jets, so not as bad bad necessarily for them. But there, there is a possibility that going forward, some games might need to be moved. Paul's also gone for the Seahawks. Yep. Last game then is the New, or- New Orleans Saints at the Las Vegas Raiders. Yep. I think this might be a little bit closer than some people think. I mean, the the automatic thing that you say is, well, it's going to be the Saints. Yeah, but, that's what Paul said. Yeah, So, but Michael Thomas is out. Mm-hmm. And how much do they lean on Michael Thomas? I mean, look at their a depth. Lot. Look on their depth chart. It's Manuel Sanders. I know I know. Jared Cook is basically... Another a, receiver. He's a wide receiver. He's, he can't block. No. He should start his own cookery program. Can't block, won't block. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but... Both right tackles on the depth chart are listed as doubtful for the Raiders, and they're obviously blocking Cam Jordan. Um, so it, I, I've gone with the Saints, okay, uh, mainly because Cam Jordan rushes from the left, and there is um, they'll do some shifting about on that line, obviously. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, I mean. The offensive line has been one of the strengths in the past sort of 18 months for the Raiders. 
um, and it's going to need to continue to be against the Saints um, and also I want the Saints to win that one because it's the Raiders and they're in my division <laughs> well there you go those are the picks thank you very much Paul no for um, posting your picks into us mate yeah um, we'll so see if you win eight differences I believe between based on what we said between uh, myself and Paul then yep interesting <laughs> be, there should be a clear winner on this one. Oh, I hope so again <laughs> again anything else we need to do Dave before we leave yeah so we are starting a new feature mm, so another new feature another new feature as well so basically every week um, anyone I know who likes the NFL we always everyone tends to have a bet I have a flutter on certain things so we're starting somewhat of a new feature whereby every week so Jim and I have both set up new accounts and we're uh, we put a tenner in the account. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I've gone with Bet Three Six Five. You're with Paddy Power. Paddy Power. So Other betting sites are available. Uh, Bet Three Six Five's got. I mean, if they want to sponsor us, then they'll oh, yeah. certainly talk about them all the time. Absolutely. Um, so basically, what we're going to do is put on a bet each week, and at the end of the season, we've got the most money in the account wins. Mm. Um, I've said if we want to do when it takes all we can. Jim's a bit <laughs> non-committal on that one. I'll do it. Yeah, can do. <laughs> Fine. Go, gentleman's handshake. <laughs> so although we can't do that because of COVID no so um, what we're going to do is each week discuss who our picks are it has to be one NFL bet one, per one week one bet one bet per week has to be an NFL bet mm-hmm. it can be anything you want to yeah. it can be Tom Brady for rush for, to rush for an odd number of yards I mean if someone will take Wh- that whatever bet, they'll let us bet on yeah whatever it was um, so I'm going to do mine first go on then I've been a bit brave this week and I've gone for an eight team accumulator <laughs> Okay. After you got six right last week. I got six right last week. I'm feeling confident. I'm not surprised (laughs) either. Um, So I run through quickly who it is. I'll just give you the names of the team. You you did pick the same team in your uh, your list, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) That's the first thing I checked. Um, So Bills, Packers, Titans, 49ers, Ravens, Chiefs, Seahawks, and Saints. So that's my bet, and I've put on two pounds and seventy four pence. What what odds have you got on it? Which will give me thirty quid in return. So I've it's gone a shame you won't win it. Week. It is a shame, but, but so yeah, it's, I think it's nine point nine four to one is are the odds, basically. As much as you've gone for an eight team accumulator, I think you've been a bit soft. I've uh, <laughs> oh, I've, gone, I've gone out there. I've gone big, mate. Oh, I love it. Okay, I love it. okay, right. So okay, you start with ten pounds. So I've got seven pound twenty six left in my account. Uh huh. Okay. So what state? Do you want to say what you put on first? I've or put a one pound bet on. One pound. Okay. It's a single bet. Okay. It's not on a game win. I'm looking at the Bengals Browns. Okay. And I have bet that both Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield will throw over 300 yards each. Wow. Um, okay. <laughs> 11 to 1 yards. is the bet. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is. They did less than 200 yards each in the first week. Yes, and that's why the odds are so good. Yeah. The thing is, I like those kind of bets where you, where it's just, you know, it's not an accumulator. It's somewhat weird things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I will be doing more of those at some point this season. Mm-hmm. I like that though. It's a brave bet, and I hope that Joe Burrow gets 299. <laughs> <laughs> so is this combined yards, or is just this just throwing yards? Throwing yards. Just throwing yards, okay. It's passing yards. It's got to be 300 plus on passing I, yards. I think Mayfield may be the one uh, that, throw, that lets you down. So it's eleven to one, so you're gonna basically win twelve quid. Yeah. I probably won't, but 
<laughs> the odds are against me, Dave, on this one. But so I thought, you know, standing balance, I've got intriguing. seven pound twenty-six left. You've got. I'll lose pounds. less so than technically, you. Technically, you're winning right now. I know. Yeah. I'm already up. I was going to stick a ten. A million on. saves is a million earned, Dave. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to start putting a penny on each week. <laughs> so, yeah, Fagan. I'm hoping that uh, yeah, mine will come back with thirty quid if I win. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm sure someone will let me down. <laughs> they usually do. Yeah. Um, so guys, please make sure that you message us at NFL Fan Support on Twitter if you've got any questions for next week. Uh, watching your teams on Sunday, put them in. We'll read them out. We'll also be tapping up players and owners and coaches for their uh, their questions as well. <laughs> but um, until next time, I've been Jim. That's been Denver David. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah.